After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. With but one word, as time commenced, he bade the world begin. A universe of endless space, both outward and within. With but one thought, he granted life, a spark to stir the mind. And to man above all else, a soul indeed divine. With but one Torah would he sketch a path on which to stride, adorned with cool, refreshing springs to quench our thirst inside. With but one people would he choose this Torah to impart, exalted by the ancestry that forged their noble heart. Love was always there, we then will understand. 
of plowshares from our souls. A time to mend, a time to gather stones, a time for peace in Israel. Let me hear the voice of bride and groom, of laughter in the streets. Answer the prayers of our children, so they need not fear in Israel. No, 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 no,
חלום מדי יום ויום ממתין אב לבן שהלך עוד שעה, עוד שנה אולי יבוא עוד שנייה קטנה ואז ימצא בית חם עיניו נתקעות בשמיים שוקע האב בהורים
JM in the AM Thursday morning broadcast at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. It's JM in the AM dot ORG. Good morning. Thursday on this January 29th, the ninth day in the month of Shvat, the year 5775, Tuf Shinai and Hay. Amen Anili Mili done by Benny Friedman. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that was Yaakov Shweki. Avremel had Baruch Hu in Israel, where I think we need to focus a little bit more this week with the news coming out of Israel. Sam Glazer, Journeys with One Word, and Regesh with Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. 20 degrees, 14 is the wind chill. My gosh. <laughs> 52% humidity winds are west at 5 miles per hour partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 35 tonight rain, snow low. F- I had no idea it's supposed to snow tonight by the way, I don't even know what that means does it mean real snow or just like you know a couple of flakes, I have no idea uh, low tonight 32 morning snow for tomorrow then showers and windy weather with a high temperature 38 degrees Jerusalem is at 59 looks beautiful Based on the numbers and the forecast in Jerusalem, we're at 20 with a wind chill of 14 here on a uh, JM in the AM Thursday morning. How much time left to the kosher halftime show? According to the counter at NahumSiegel.com, three days, 13 hours, and 28 minutes till Soul Farm takes the stage in a, in a kosher halftime performance that will be made available to everybody on NahumSiegel.com. This coming uh, Sunday at about 8 p.m. Eastern Time, just before halftime. So the um, the challenges and the danger for our soldiers in the Holy Land continues. Hezbollah anti-tank missiles killed two Israeli soldiers as they drove in a quote-unquote disputed area along the Lebanese border. On Wednesday, a sharp retaliation for Israel's deadly drone strike last week that killed six Hezbollah fighters and an Iranian general. I'm reading, by the way, from the New York Times, but I bet you most of you knew that already. The attack was the most severe eruption of hostilities in the area since the fierce enemy's devastating month-long war in 06 and threatened to incite a significant escalation, but after a second Hezbollah strike of mortar shells on Mount Hermon and Israeli artillery, tank, and air fire on targets in southern Lebanon, a tense quiet set in before dusk. While both sides had domestic reasons for needing to show a strong hand, neither is eager for another all-out battle, analysts said, adding that the exchange on Wednesday appeared oddly orchestrated to signal a reluctance to escalate the conflict. They cautioned, however, that fighting along the increasingly volatile frontier against the backdrop of Middle East chaos could easily spiral out of control. So that's some of the description of the um, of the New York Times account of what happened up north. The Jerusalem Post tells us some of the details about the boys that were lost. Major Yochai Kalengel, 25 years old, who was killed in Wednesday's Hezbollah attack against IDF soldiers near the Lebanese border, was laid to rest at Har Herzl Military Cemetery in Jerusalem on Thursday. Thousands arrived to honor Kalangal, who was killed along with Staff Sergeant Dor Chaim Nini, 
when Hezbollah terrorists in Lebanon attacked IDF vehicles traveling in the village of Qajar in the Galilee Panhandle with Russian-made Cornet anti-tank missiles. Kalango grew up in El Azar and Gush Etzion, leaves behind a wife, Tali, and their one-year-old child. He's one of six siblings, and on uh, Yom HaTzma'ut this year, he was awarded a General Staff Commendation for Excellence. Tamir, Yochai's brother, told reporters his brother was a giant of a man, salt of the earth, a great warrior. So these are, uh, or I should say this is, in this case, of uh, Major Yochai Kalangol, yet another example of the cream of the crop that is taken from us by the enemy. We remember both... Uh, Major Yochai Kalengel and Staff Sergeant Dor Chaim Nini. I believe uh, Staff Sergeant Dor Chaim Nini was 20 years old. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe he was 20 years old uh, in the latest uh, attack by Hezbollah terrorists in an ambush up north. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock, it's JM the AM on this Thursday. I just felt that we had not concentrated uh, over the last few days on what was happening in Israel and this was the appropriate way to start out by reminding everybody as we go through our day and uh, here in this country, building up to the big football game and everyone excited about so many things, rightfully so, that are happening now in the beginning of this second semester of this school year. And believe me, there's a lot of wonderful things to celebrate. It's important to keep our uh, hearts and our minds pointed to the Holy Land, at least for a couple of minutes a day. Very, very important. JM in the AM Thursday. More coming up at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County is at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmintheam.org. Up next, we have the Wine Rub Brothers with Hasidic Lounge in G Minor.
JM in the AM. Thursday morning, 20 degrees. That's the Chevra off of volume number three. Uh, that's called Lamana Chai. Baruch Levine had Kihu. Mazel Tov, a brand new one from Ellie Marcus. Just came out. The CD is called David Amelech. The Weinreb Brothers with Hasidic Jazz Lounge from their brand new one entitled Me'en Olam Haba. JM in the AM, a uh, sad day. Major Yochai Kalengel, 25 years old, was killed yesterday in the Hezbollah attack up north. He's being laid to rest as we speak. And at 3 o'clock today, Staff Sergeant Dor Chaim Nini, who I believe is 20 years old based on what I saw yesterday. He is uh, going to be laid to rest in a, a funeral service that takes place at 3 o'clock in Israel, which means uh, just about an hour from now. Yesterday, Senator Schumer released a statement. He announced he's supporting brand-new legislation that would impose economic pressure on Iran if international negotiations do not yield a final nuclear deal by the P5 plus 1 June 30th deadline. Schumer is one of 16 total senators that will co-sponsor bipartisan Iran sanctions bill. They call it Kirk Menendez. The bill would impose sanctions if no deal is reached, as I understand it. The original Kirk Menendez... uh, bill was supposed to go into effect now um, but the uh, the leaders decided to uh, delay likely in deference to the White House we'll discuss more of this tomorrow Malcolm Holmline will join us we'll do the uh, weekly update be interesting to discuss this how it works in Washington uh, as with this new arrangement or new bill or new deal, sanctions will be implemented only after the June 30th negotiations deadline and only if the negotiations fail to produce a deal. Good to see members of Congress speaking out on this issue, but uh, it's not exactly what uh, those who are fearful of Iran and their plans had in mind. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more between now and 9 a.m., plus an incredible day on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org. Kosher halftime show, about three and a half days away. It'll be made available 8 p.m. Eastern Time on our website, NahumSiegel.com, this coming Sunday night. And we are excited. Soul Farm is going to be performing. More details coming up. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMN. Galay Tzal, Hashash Taim, Kanehud Graf, in Mashikore Achshav. רב סרן יוחאי קלנגל, קצין גבעתי שנפל אתמול בתקרית בהרדוב, הובא למנוחות בבית העלמין הצבאי בהר הרצל. אלפים ליוו אותו בדרכו האחרונה. הוריו יוסי ומלכה ספדו לו. ולאפשר להיפרד מילד, ולא אנושי. בבקשה, תשמור לנו מלמעלה על מה שנשאר לנו. אנחנו מאמינים בני מאמינים. כשם שאנחנו מברכים על הטוב לבורא עולם, כך אנחנו מברכים גם על הברוך סמל ראשון, דור חיים ניני, בן עשרים, המושב שתולים, יתאמן בעוד כשעה בבית העלמין ביישובו. בתוך כך, ארבעה מהחיילים שנפצעו בתקרית שוחררו לבתיהם. כעת מאושפזים בבתי החולים בצפון שלושה פצועים, כולם במצב קל. 
אחרי פרישת אוחנה, עוד שערה בבית הלבן. סליחה, בבית היהודי. גם דני דיין פורש, כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. דיין הודיע על פרישה מרשימת הבית היהודי לאחר שבנט הציע לו שריון במקום ה-17 ברשימה כדי לדחוק לאחור את המועמד אביחי בוארון, שהחל בעבר למחיקת מסגד אל-אקצא מהר הבית. דיין אמר לפני זמן קצר, לא באתי לפוליטיקה כדי שישתמשו בי לסכל את בוארון, איני מעוניין להיות חלק מרשימה שאלה שיקולי בנייתה. מהבית היהודי נמסר בתגובה, דיין הודיע לפני מספר ימים כי ילך למפלגה אחרת, לאחר שסוריו ביקש לחזור למקום גבוה, אך הוצא לו המקום השבע עשר. ירידה באבטלה בשנה שעברה, כתבתנו יונה לייבזון. לפי הנתונים של הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה, שיעור האבטלה בשנה שעברה עמד בממוצע על חמישה אחוזים ותשע עשיריות האחוז, לעומת שישה אחוזים ושתי עשיריות האחוז בשנת 2013. שיעור הבלתי מועסקים בחודש דצמבר לבדו עלה לחמישה אחוזים ושבע עשיריות האחוז, לעומת חמישה אחוזים ושש עשיריות האחוז חודש לפני כן. נהגים, שימו לב, בקרוב ירידה נוספת במחירי הדלק. כתבנו אלדר גילרן. בלילה שבין שבת לראשון יוזל מחיר ליטר בנזין 95 אוקטן ב-19 אגורות, כך שיעמוד על 6 שקלים ו-8 אגורות לליטר. מי שיבחר למלא בשירות מלא ישלם 6 שקלים ו-27 אגורות. הירידה הנוכחית מגיעה בעקבות המשך הצניחה במחירי הנפט בשוקי העולם, כשכעת יעמוד מחיר הבנזין בארץ על רמתו הנמוכה ביותר מזה חמש שנים. התחזית, מחר ירידה בטמפרטורות עם גשם בצפון ושלג קל בחרמון. ולסיום, שוב נפקדות בספארי ברמת גן. הפעם יעלה ברחה מחצר. כתבתנו יערה שפירא. רעש חזק מאזור כביש גאה הפחיד את היעלים שהתגודדו אמש סביב שער היציאה. אחת הנקבות קפצה מעבר לחומה ונראתה במהלך הבוקר בכביש הטייסים הסמוך לספארי. ארבעה מטפלים יצאו לכיוונה וכשאיתרו אותה נסעו לידה וליוו אותה עד לשער החירום. ובחזרה לחצר הסגורה. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
מוותרת בעלה, גם בשמחה בלינה ובצלה. תוך אמוני עם שגולה. בואי חלה, בואי חלה.
am Lenny Solomon, who I believe is in the middle of a great schlock rock tour. There he is with Hine, uh, Hine Loyanum here on a Thursday morning broadcast. JM the AM at 12 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Waking up to uh, some pretty cold weather, 20 degrees. The wind chill of 14 before the schlock rock song, Chaim David with Likrat Kala, off of his uh, Good News Bears CD here at JM in the AM. I noticed that the Jewish Federation of North America has uh, put together a solidarity mission to Paris uh, to demonstrate North American Jewish community solidarity with the Jews of France. The JFNA is organizing a mission to Paris leaving February the 8th. It will include meaningful opportunities to engage with leadership and members of the Jewish community, including those directly affected by the recent terror attacks, and to meet with French government leadership. Kolakavod. Kolakavod. You know who's on their list of people to visit, by the way? 24-year-old Lasana Bathili, an employee of Hyperkosher who saved 15 customers during the attack. So he'll be recognized by the uh, American Jewish leadership that's getting to uh, Paris starting on February the 8th. You know, AFSI has been um, uh, sending out announcements about their trip coming up in June, the Americans for a Safe Israel. And I've got to commend them. They are sending out a very important reminder about supporting those New York City council members that are departing on February the 15th for a nine-day trip to Israel. As many of you know, the anti-Israel BDS groups are vociferously opposing this trip. And the delegation is a Council Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito, uh, members Mark Levine, Helen Rosenthal, Corey Johnson, David Greenfield, Brad Lander, Mark Traeger, Richie Torres, Donovan Richards, Antonio Reynoso, Eric Ulrich, Andrew Cohen, Jimmy Van Brammer, Rafael Espinal, Darlene Mealy. Their trip sponsored by the New York Jewish Community Relations Council and New York UJA Federation. Uh, Anti-Israel groups are bombarding many of these council members with demands that they not go. They've rallied on the steps of City Hall. They even loudly disrupted a city council Auschwitz liberation commemoration. Uh, contact your council member if you're in New York City. Tell them you support the trip. And a very important message, and I hope that uh, everybody who's a New York City resident, especially if your council member is on that list of those who've made a commitment to go, I hope you're able to get in touch with them, call them, and let them know that you support uh, their upcoming journey to Israel. Very, very important. And again, those uh, council members that are doing this, uh, kudos to you. A wonderful an important gesture, and not just gesture, but a real journey, a real trip to the Holy Land. J.M. the AIM at a quarter after 7 o'clock uh, on this Thursday morning. We'll check in with our friends from Sinai. They've got a big dinner coming up. We'll do that happening uh, here at J.M. the AIM. Also, um, C. Lansbaum is going to join us. Soul Farm is the featured group at the uh, Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday, made available on our website at nachomsegel.com starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Big thank you to all those who've made it possible. And um, you may have seen some of the promos. If you go to the Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page, Nahum Siegel Network it's called, Facebook update page, you'll be able to see the most recent promo that we've uh, that we've produced for the event this coming Sunday for the Kosher Halftime Show. So check that out and get ready to enjoy. Uh, I got a note from listener Janet this morning that Benji Ritholtz, and by the way, congratulations to the Shiva College Maccabees, the Max 
victorious again last evening. I don't know what their record is now, but it's like, I don't know, 12-4 and four or something. They're really doing well. Uh, Benji Ridholtz, who joined us earlier in the week, he was with us Monday here at JM in the AM, captain of the Shiva College Max. He's been nominated for the D3, Division Three National Basketball Stud of the Week. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to uh, take a second and vote for him, um, now it's a long address. It really is a long address um, on the web. I guess if you start out, if you start out with BennettRank.com slash college basketball, Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T, Rank.com slash college basketball, uh, you could find the Division Three Men's College Basketball Studs of the Week and Benji Ritholtz, who scored a bunch of points last night in the big victory, is among the nominees. JM in the AM Thursday, we continue with Yehuda Green. Okay. 
That's David Gabe. I don't know what is the name of that selection. Before that, Yehuda Green, an amazing, a brand new song off the Barcheni CD, which I believe is going to be a, a massive hit, just like some of his others. It's called Kulam Belevecha. JM and the AM at 28 minutes after 7 o'clock Thursday morning. 20 degrees, 14 is the wind chill. Make sure you bundle up on this Thursday. Oh, yes. It is cold out there. Partly cloudy with a high temperature of 35. Tomorrow, our weekly update, Malcolm Holmline will join us. We'll discuss the events of the week, including this horrible incident yesterday that claimed the lives of two Israeli soldiers. Funeral for uh, Staff Sergeant Dor Chaim Nini is going to take place at 3 o'clock, which is about a half hour from now in Israel. And the funeral for um, Major Yochai Kalangal, 25 years old, already took place on Har Herzl earlier today. Our uh, thoughts uh, aimed at the uh, state of Israel on this Thursday morning. J.M. and the A.M. with Rabbi David Goldwasser. Is Rabbi Goldwasser already talking about Tu B'Shvat? That's the way it seems. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words are Chanishmasar of Zebin of Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The 15th day of Shvat is popularly known as Tu B'Shvat. It marks the beginning of a new year for trees. It's a time when the new cycle for fruit-bearing trees in Eretz Yisroel is set into motion. We commemorate the day by eating fruit, particularly from the seven species for which Eretz Yisroel is noted. We learn in the Talmud that Rabbi Simlai once taught, Why did Moshe Rabbeinu so fervently desire to enter into the Holy Land? Did he need to eat its fruits or benefit from its produce? Moshe Rabbeinu knew that B'nai Yisrael had been given many mitzvahs that could only be fulfilled while living in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, he wanted to enter the Holy Land in order to be able to fulfill those mitzvahs. Hashem said to Moshe, Since you were drawn to the spiritual aspects of those mitzvahs, I will consider it as if you have fulfilled it. Rabbi Yisrael of Rizhan asked an interesting question. Why did the Chachomim say, did he need to eat of its fruits? They could have said, did he want to eat of its fruit? Although this was certainly not the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to enter the land of Eretz Yisrael. The Ariya Kodesh says that fruit that comes from the Holy Land is inspirational. A person can gain from it emunah, faith in Hashem, in Yerashomayim, fear of heaven. Actually, with that expression, the Chachomim were saying that indeed for Moshe, the fear of heaven was for him a simple matter, a milsa zutrasa. As we know, the fruit from Eretz Yisrael comes from a soil that is holy. Therefore, the fruit which is produced from such sacred ground is especially blessed. One can fulfill many mitzvahs in the land of Eretz Yisrael with the produce. We have the mitzvahs of Shemitah, Orla, Trumas and Maestras. Therefore, the fruits of Eretz Yisrael are imbued with an extra special measure of holiness. In addition to the custom of eating all different types of fruits on Tu B'Shvat, people are especially zealous 
to purchase fruits that are grown in Eretz Yisrael so that they can at least partake of some of this unique quality. The Satmarov once asked, Why is it that on Tu B'Shvat, the new year of trees, we celebrate by eating fruit? However, on Shavuos, when the fruits are judged, we have the minig, the custom, to display the trees. Many make a chup out of the branches of a tree over the bima, where the Torah is read. It should be the opposite. On Shavuos, we should have the fruits, and on Tu B'Shvat, we should use the branches of the tree. The Satan Rav answers that on Tu B'Shvat, the Rosh Hashanah of trees, we bring the Paris, the fruit, and we say, look how wonderful are the children. However, on Shavuos, when the Paris, the fruits are being judged, we bring in the tree, and we say, how beautiful are the parents. May all parents in Klal Yisrael be able to take great pride in their children, and every child take great pride in their parents. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. and the A.M. Before that, Nigo, and you heard the um, uh, brand-new selection done by Ellie Marcus on a CD entitled David HaMelech. He's, of course, part of the uh, the the giant musical tree that includes uh, Avramo, Avram Fried, and, of course, Eighth Day, and uh, Benny Friedman as well. That's Ellie Marcus here at J.M. in the A.M. Coming up on the 8th of February, Sinai Schools has their... Annual benefit dinner. It's Sunday night, February the 8th at the Marriott Glen Point Hotel in Teaneck, New Jersey. Rabbi Yisrael Rothwax is here. He is the uh, director, the dean of the Sinai Schools, and he's brought along two very special guests. Rabbi Daniel Price is here, head of school at the Rosenbaum Yeshiva of North Jersey, and I give a special shout-out to the faculty and students at RYNJ, who I'm sure are tuned in and listening attentively this morning, and Rabbi Eliezer Rubin, who I have not seen in a while, but it's always wonderful to reunite with him. He's the head of school to Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, and I assume as well that the Kushner faculty and students are very attentive this morning and are giving a special listen to our JM and the AM Radio broadcast. We'll start with our Dr. Yisrael Rothwax. Rabbi Rothwax, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. You know that we've always been big supporters of Sinai. We've watched them grow over the years. The first time that Sinai was ever mentioned on this show, I would guess how many students were there for Sinai uh, at that time? I don't uh, know. Prob- probably under a hundred, hand- right? Oh, oh, way over. Probably a handful. Yeah, Yeah. literally a handful. And now at this point, uh, you're servicing so many in so many different places and with so many great schools in this area. And on February the 8th, you have your annual dinner coming up. Uh, We'll get to the specifics and speak, obviously, to our special guests from different schools. But explain to our audience what Sinai does and why this dinner is such a vital fundraiser for Sinai. So Sinai Schools is a series of schools that services kids with special needs in northern New Jersey. And um, one of the things that makes us unique is that each one of our schools is housed in a partner school. Uh, two of those partners are represented here today um, by YNJ and Kushner. Um, but we have uh, schools at TABC uh, and Maya Note as well, as well as, uh, as adult programming adult programming. Uh, we have group home and uh, dayhab in Teaneck for young adults with developmental disabilities. Um, but really we've grown from, uh, you know, 33 years ago, a small class of three students in what is now Kushner Academy. It was then Hebrew Youth Academy. And, at, and then as we responded to the needs in the community, uh, have grown to uh, to all of these schools and serving uh, more than 130 kids uh, currently. Why is February 8th so vital? One of the uh, things that sometimes scares away parents from approaching us is tuition. Um, our tuition is quite high. If uh, you know, people talk about tuition crisis out there, um, <laughs> c- come and see what Sinai tuition is. And and um, and and it's it's chaval that sometimes people don't even pick up the phone to uh, to make that that phone call to us to see if we would even be an appropriate place for their child. Um, and and what we accomplish on February 8th is really amazing. Um, it's certainly where we do uh, the vast majority of our fundraising. Um, and every dollar that is, um, that is brought in around that event uh, goes to help families uh, be able to afford Sinai for, for their children. Maybe this goes without saying, but, um, and you maybe you could say this across the board about so many different, different organizations, uh, obviously, the community comes through in general, but it, but it is remarkable that when you open up 
uh, a dinner, a major event like this one, uh, you'd expect that those families who've been affected positively by the work of Sinai obviously are going to be there, feel obligated to be there, and want to be there, etc. But it's amazing how the community in general comes out and supports it, even if an individual family, for instance, is not in any way really directly involved with Sinai. Uh, that, that is a, a very good point, and I think is um, emblematic of the way the community feels about our school in general. You know, at the event, we typically bring in about 800 people, um, and of those 800, there are, you know, 20 or 30 parents, um, current parents. Right. Of Sinai students, which means that, you know, the others are perhaps, um, you know, former parents are, for the most part, just people in the community who recognize that even though my child uh, doesn't need this service, recognize that this is something that's important um, and are proud that our community um, has such a, a jewel in its crown that um, that they want to support. And you mentioned tuition. And I know that people who pay Regular elementary school and high school yeshiva tuition in this audience may find this hard to believe, but there are tuition rates that are even higher than yes. that. Because Sinai officially, a school or a program like Sinai, if some people are used to, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 grand, and obviously there's a big range out there, the tuition for Sinai officially would be around where? Um, it's, it's it's many times more than that. Um, you <laughs> Could know, be two or three times more that's, than that. That's correct. Many, many, many times more than that. You know, I'm, I'm, really, the only reason why I'm hesitant to throw out that number, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, it's funny, it's because I feel like it's going to scare away people even more. It's 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 very it's a scary number. But the truth is um, that there has been no family that has been turned away from us um, because of finances. You know, when they when they work with us, be ashrus, and we and we can come to a plan together. We have um, my partner in the office, Sam Fishman, um, among his many responsibilities is to work individually with each one of our parents. Yeah. And just like for our students, we have an individualized plan um, academically, uh, emotionally, behaviorally for our students. Um, we, we have an individualized plan financially. And we really try to make this work for, for, for our families. All right. As you mentioned, um, um, uh, Kushner has a Sinai program, and you said when it was Hebrew Youth Academy, it all began. So I guess yes. we'll start with Rabbi Rubin. Rabbi Yelzer Rubin is head of school to Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy in the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. Rabbi Rubin, good morning again to you. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Rabbi Price. Good morning, Rabbi Rothwax. Great what, to be here. I appreciate that. What could you tell us about having Sinai as part of the Kushner school system? Well, we're really thrilled about the relationship. It's a symbiotic relationship that's created a lot of positive energy and synergy within the school. Uh, we benefit uh, on many levels. Uh, firstly, it's created a culture of sensitivity in the school. Uh, students see other children with special needs not for what they are but who they are, and that really allows them to extend that perspective to even their own mainstream peers. Uh, that culture of sensitivity permeates the entire school, and it's a great value. And it also encourages volunteerism outside of school because our students can see how much benefit and how much value there is in helping those that perhaps are uh, coming with different types of needs. Uh, it's also helped our students and our faculty recognize that everyone has different needs and that there isn't any cookie-cutter student or child that... Uh, could just fit into a mold, and that just like there are Sinai Moor children, there are mainstream children who may have weaknesses or strengths that need to be remediated, and it helps us all deal with children in a much more sensitive and a particular way. Uh, we also benefit from a faculty level, um, that they're a great resource. The Sinai Moor folks are really experts in dealing
dealing with special needs. And uh, if sometimes we have a question and what's the best way to engage a child, uh, we'll access them as a resource and even sometimes place students in a more class, which is the high school division of mm-hmm. Sinai, when the student may need a little extra attention. And the type of flexibility and camaraderie that we are able to generate with our Sinai Moore colleagues has really been of great benefit to the school there. The faculty is completely integrated as well as the student body. Now, I want to add one other piece, and this is something which over the years I have seen, and it's really been inspiring. Our children um, celebrate the achievements of the Sinai Moore special needs children. It's, um, it really creates for them an appreciation for overcoming challenges and seeing challenges as opportunities and growing with whichever gifts that we get from the Boreolum. And some and, of those uh, challenges very helpful. Some of those challenges could be on a obviously a much uh, smaller or lower scale than some of the things that your high school students are going through on a regular basis. Exactly. It really creates a whole perspective and a, a continuum a continuum of, of, really of, of perspective and support. I recall once that there was a student who really had difficulty engaging in social experiences. Uh, for whatever the reason that child uh, was struggling with, and yet that child really excelled in drama, uh, which of course makes sense because being on the stage when everything is scripted, it created a comfort zone for that child who perhaps was a little hesitant to be involved in uh, social engagement. And when that child finished his production on the on the play during the play on the stage, the the standing ovation that our students rose to give to give that boy was so inspiring that uh, it was really one I think one of the highlights of my educational experience with young people. Rabbi Lazar Rubin, among our guests, uh, some people complain I never speak or I don't speak enough about some of the negative aspects of things when guests are in our studio. And I'm not, don't start with me. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not starting uh, here. The first but, time I'm here, you've got to find someone else who's on every week. But one can safely say, from your perspective, that there's no scheduling uh, difficulty, there's no I don't know, logistic difficulty of having, quote-unquote, another school or program within your institution. We work so closely with our Sinai Moore administration and teachers that uh, the approach and the attitude is, let's make this work. And once we sit down to make it work, almost every challenge is overcome. So the answer is yes, there are logistical challenges. Right. It's not always uh, seamless to place Sinai Moore children in mainstream classes. Uh, sometimes they need, they need special attention and support that teachers are not really equipped to give them, and then we have to rearrange and probably uh, just to rethink the original assumptions. But everything is done with transparency and with collaboration, and if anything, it just gives us more encouragement to continue deep, dig- digging deep into this relationship. Do you need more schools? at this point or is that uh, like, I, I mean I, I, are, are there schools that are scared off by the prospect of actually doing this and, and housing another program? Um, or? I, I don't know if that's true I, I believe that there's a need out there because just this, statistically if we have 130 students you know that serving students that come from New York City, Rockland County, Bergen County, Essex County, um, as far down as Lakewood, um, that's not so many students. Um, and so there are, and, and recognizing at the same time that we're not the only right. uh, school out there for kids with special needs, but e- even so, um, I, I'm, I, I do believe that there are many students out there who are n- not properly placed. Um, and if there's a need out there in the community and a, a, a particular community or school community approaches us and asks us to uh, to consider that, something we would certainly do. 
Understood. Uh, Rabbi uh, Daniel Price is here, head of school at Rosenbaum Yeshiva of North Jersey. Of all the people in his room, in this room, he may speak to more Jewish students on a daily basis than anybody else. You have a very, very large school, don't you? Kanata we are blessed to have, uh, 1114 students in the yeshiva this year. Um, Baruch Hashem, we're continuing to grow. We, as I mentioned before, we added a building in 2010 and we're just building, finishing a construction project right now on the, on the, on the yeshiva property. So we're Baruch Hashem blessed to uh, educate many children every single day. Strange question, and I can probably ask this of any, uh, you know, what I call Yeshiva League principal uh, in the tri-state area, but wh- why such a success? Uh, I-, I know that the population in the area obviously demands it, but thank God there's many, many Jews in the communities that surround Rosenbaum Yeshiva of North Jersey. But it's a lot of years, a lot of decades, you know, and it seems you guys just keep growing. Baruch Hashem, I think with the uh, the passion of our parent body, I think the commitment to the hashkaf of our yeshiva, what we have to offer in terms of the educational quality and the religious atmosphere, I, f- I think Baruch Hashem attracts many people to come to, uh, to our yeshiva. Obviously, m- most of our population is coming from Bergenfield and Teaneck, right. but we have kids coming from Muncie. We have com- kids coming from, from Riverdale. That's a, that's a part of the yeshiva that's starting to grow tremendously now. And now we also have a lot of inquiry from Manhattan. Um, we have many people who are looking for our brand, and uh, we're very proud of it. Very nice. Um, all right. It's K through 8, I assume, right? It's a, it starts in nursery. We no, want I mean, nursery I, class. I meant to yeah, say nursery. Eighth grade, yes. <laughs> so it's nursery through eighth grade. Yes. So Sinai is part of nursery through eighth, or only certain grades. Like, how does it work in terms of uh, Sinai's uh, you know presence as a program in the school? So, not, so Sinai primarily is in, is in the older grades, not mm-hmm. not in the nursery class or right. pre K class. Um, but uh, Sinai is throughout throughout the building. Sinai has kids throughout throughout many many different grades. And uh, for us, it really fits into our overall hashkafa of doing whatever we can to possibly give children a Jewish education. You know, obviously the Sinai children, if they were just looking for, you know, an education in math or language arts, they can go to a public school. Right. But here we have the ability to allow them to sit in a, a regular a mainstream Chumash class, a Navi class, and even some kids are, have the ability to sit into a Gemara class. Um, different kids have different talents, different abilities, and we're able to work with our our our, our, our team at, at Sinai, at RYNJ, in order to bring in those kids and allow those kids to sit in any class, anything that they want. Hey, you're all veterans at this. I'm, I'm really curious. Um, are the Judaic studies instructors on par with the, you know, the, the secular studies when it comes to Sinai students and that type of program? Are we, are we, are, are they as qual, I don't know how it works in terms of gaining qualification as a teacher who can teach in a Sinai type program. Do we have Judaic studies degrees that are the same? I think so. I think our teachers have, uh, you know, similar degrees to what the other teachers do in other yeshivas, but I think what, um, one of the things that makes us unique is the degree and the type of support that we give our teachers. Um, we expect a lot from them, uh, and, and they they certainly accept the challenge uh, passionately and in a dedicated way. Um, but w- what allows them to do that is the type of support they get from 
from our, our administrators. All right. I also, I also think it comes back to the level of commitment of the yeshiva, what the yeshiva does as it, as it runs on a daily basis. Um, we're blessed to, ha- to have a professional development program that we run every single year. Um, it's a different theme every year. This year our theme is understanding children, teaching children. And the goal of it is to look at each individual child in the classroom and to figure out what can we do, understand the child first. Because if you understand the child, you understand the child's needs, you understand the child's diff- different abilities, then you can truly educate the child. Right. So having Sinai in the school really helps us and supports us and allows us to fulfill that mission. Um, you know, having Sinai faculty who have that additional skill set um, and, and the ability to collaborate with our teachers, like Rabbi Rubin said before, allows our staff to grow. And as a yeshiva, we continue to push our teachers to grow and to develop. And having a, a professional development program that runs throughout the, the entire faculty allows Sinai to fit in so much more within our yeshiva. Right. Nahum, I'd like to circle back to your question sure. about Judaic studies and the Sinai Mora folks. Remember, when um, Sinai Mora children are integrated into a mainstream school, they're able to imbibe the atmospherics of the school and all the Judaic studies programming, all the seasonal events, uh, all the Yom Tovim, all the experiential part of a yeshiva education. They would not get in public school. Critical to mm-hmm. the children's development, a sense of self and their identity and their values. So much of that comes from what goes outside of the class and to see that our Sinai Moore students have the same equal access to all of the programmatics, the rich, deep, profound, educationally sound, thoughtful programmatics of the Ray Kushiv High School Majestic of Kushan Hebrew Academy, it brings them to a new level of understanding that perhaps you don't need necessarily to come from a Judaic studies class. Right. Uh, that's true about Zionism. It's true about the comings in Israel, the latest news. Unfortunately, today we're struggling with the, uh, the deaths of two more of our beloved Kadoshim of Chayalim. Uh, but that will become part of their persona and their vocabulary and language. Right. They're getting a lot through osmosis Absolutely. that they would not get in a different Absolutely. environment. Yeah, my question was more not the harp on it. My question was more that I guess the, the, the teachers, those professionals that are working with a program like Sinai are trained, right, get, establish themselves to a certain degree in the world of education, and then I guess from that point they're either going into Judaic or secular studies, or in mm-hmm. some cases maybe even both, right? That's correct. And that's how it works. Uh, all right, the Sinai dinner is coming up on the 8th of February. Rabbi Rothwax, you have an opportunity to acknowledge the honorees that are going to be uh, uh, recognized that evening. Who is on your list this year? Um it's quite unique because this year um, every one of our honorees um, has a, a real, um, oftentimes a long and, uh, and a meaningful connection with our school. Uh, Reuven and Shelley Cohen um, from Manhattan um, are uh, longtime supporters of Sinai. Uh, Reuven is a, is a board member of ours. Um, both of them, both Shelley and Reuven, are uh, advocates for uh, children and individuals with special needs um, outside of our school um, and have started many initiatives. And, and they are the parents of uh, Nathaniel Cohen, Olav HaShalom, who was a student of ours, um, both at the Kushner Academy and at TABC, um, and, and, uh, and being able to recognize them in this way. The truth is that Reuven and Shelley are very popular people, but have never uh, accepted an honor despite being asked many times. I mean, I think one of the reasons why they were, um, you know, going a little bit beyond and outside themselves is because of the, the relationship that we have with them and, uh, and their hakaras are tov to us and certainly our hakaras tov to them as well. Uh, Dr. Elia and Nancy Elman from Englewood, New Jersey are our current uh, parents of a student that we have 
at uh, YNJ. Um, Rabbi Brian and Lori Gopin are former parents of a student that we have at uh, YNJ. They come from Bergenfield. Lori has uh, spent many, many hours and continues to um, to volunteer uh, for many of our fundraising events. Uh, Rabbi Shimshon and Ashley Jacob. Um, yeah, I see Rabbi Rubin nodding right next to me because Rabbi, Rabbi Shimshon Jacob um, most recently uh, was a uh, Judaic studies teacher at the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. I mean, he's since moved to Israel with his wife and family. Um, both of them served as the youth directors at the Suburban Torah Center in Livingston. Um, and m- most importantly, were, were, uh, um, in terms of our relationship with him, Shimshon is, a, um, is an alumnus and um, speaks very passionately about that which he got from our school um, and specifically that which he got from our school at Kushner um, and uh, and being able to be uh, integrated in that meaningful way. Um, Nathan and Judy Repen are grandparents of a uh, student of ours who have uh, stepped up and and, and d- demonstrated their dedication in, in many ways. And uh, lastly, but certainly not least, uh, Michael Marin, who is the uh, president and CEO of Holy Name Medical Center, um, is accepting the Community Partnership Award. We've had a relationship with him over the last uh, 20 years or so where our students from our high school at TABC and Mayanot are able to do some of their uh, vocational training there, um, and uh, and we're very proud of that relationship we have with them. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmam.org. Information about the Sinai Dinner, sinidinner.org. Sinidinner.org, dial 201-833-1134, 201-833-1134. And as you read the list and tell us about all the honorees, and maybe this goes back to my original question or my original point during this conversation, it, it seems there's a lot of community enthusiasm for this cause. And I'm telling you, I don't know if it's true or not, if it's easy or not to get honorees and get people to come forward. I'm sure it's not easy. But the impression is, when it's Sinai, that it's easy. For some reason, the the impression and the feeling of the community is that people want to be involved, want to be included. And on every level, students, teachers, principals like you have here today, and uh, those who support the cause, they want to be involved. And I think that's extremely important. We are we are certainly blessed with a community who, um, who who comes out each year and supports us in a in a meaningful way. I'm, I'm not sure if it's easier for us to get honorees or not. Um, you know, yesh v'yesh. Um, but uh, we we are certainly blessed uh, this year to have a, a great slate of honorees who um, who've certainly gone beyond themselves to uh, to be able to to. Uh, share our message with uh, with the community and bring in some some support. You mentioned that there are two adult programs at Sinai. One is the Dayhab program at the Jewish Center in Teaneck. Uh, one is actually a live-in home for men with developmental disabilities in Teaneck. We have not mm-hmm. spoken much about that over the years. Uh, no, we haven't. Um, you know, we, we're Sinai schools, right? Um, and um, and now you're Dayhab and and, and homes. Uh, yeah. So th- 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 let me take a step back. Uh-huh. Our, our group home we call Shali. Um, is uh, a home that we have for three men um, who who have uh, the d- d- disabilities. It's a group home that's in Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, we've had it for uh, probably about 
15 to 20 years. Um, and those men um, are graduates of our school um, and whose parents looked to us to try to help them with uh, with the next stage in life. And so we, we've set that up. Our, our dayhab um, is something that's, this is only its second year and uh, is growing. And there's certainly a great need uh, for that in Bergen County to have an orthodox uh, dayhab program for young adults with developmental disabilities who have graduated after they're 21 from whatever school they're in, whether it's Sinai or otherwise, um, and they're working towards uh, more independence and uh, an inclusion in the community and and uh, training with, with their skills. And we mentioned, of course, elementary schools, Sinai at RYNJ and JKHA Kushner, and uh, they are well represented here uh, today. And by the way, you mentioned a lot of New Jersey communities. Am I right that some of the students actually come from New York as well? Or am I wrong about yes, that? Yes, they do come from New York. Yeah, some people think it would only be for this state, but no, you can reach no, out and we are, as, even as, Brooklyn. Even Brooklyn is. I mean, there's, there's some kids taking long rides, seriously, yep. to come to school and be in a program like this. Yes. Yes. And finally, the three high schools, uh, Sinai Ma'ar, as Rabbi Rubin mentioned, at the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School for students who are college bound and have learning disabilities, and the Karasik Shalem High School at both Mayanot and TABC for students who need a functional academic program. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with those, and it just seems that they are flourishing in both locations. And, uh, I don't know what there is to say. Either you're doing an amazing job at PR or things are really, really going well. I must <laughs> tell you, Robert Rothwax, <laughs> because it's just it's incredible the reputation that Sinai has and how everybody from faculty to students, principals, and everybody involved seems to be really happy that they are associated with uh, the Sinai programs. I, I think uh, just, just as we close, I, I want to be able to to be Makertov in a more direct way to our partner schools, those who are represented here today and those who are not, because the the product that we provide and the services we provide to our students um, in terms of the, the education, in terms of the uh, behavioral, emotional support that we, ha- that we provide them, all that is enhanced by the fact that we are included in in a larger yeshiva day school uh, community. Yeah. Um, they, these schools and the administration and lay leadership of these schools are doing the entire community um, a chesed. They're doing the entire community a tovo that they understand that the students that come to Sinai in their schools, some of them have siblings in their schools, but some of them have siblings in other schools, in other yeshiva day schools all around their community. And they're reaching out and opening their arms to uh, to kids who who come from all different types of communities, and they, they really deserve a, a lot of hakara sato for the um, for in general, and certainly for the for that which happens on day in and day out basis. There's no question. You could argue it's a life changing experience for Absolutely. the students. And I'm talking about all these students in these schools at the uh, at the dinner. By the way, uh, as you uh, as we said, the community partnership award will be. Uh, uh, received by Holy Name Medical Center and Mazal Tov to all the honorees that night, Sunday, January the 8th. The buffet will begin at 4.45 in the program at 6.30 that evening. You'll also establish, you mentioned the Cohens as honorees, yes. you'll establish a Nathaniel Richmond Cohen Scholarship Fund uh, that Ruvain and Shelley Cohen will in fact uh, uh, announce that night in memory of their son who is a former Sinai student. Uh, SinaiDinner.org gives you all the information. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Rabbi Eliezer Rubin, the head of school, the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. You've been in this industry for, for a long time. Long time. Uh, could you give us your perspective on just how our community has uh, evolved in this whole area of dealing with children with special needs and how this type of setup 
I don't know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, or maybe in a different era of Jewish history would likely not have happened. All right, it's a very good point. I actually think that we're ahead of the curve uh, as far as the general population is concerned. Uh, Rabbi Rothwag said that it's um, he sees it as a chesed, that we're engaging and embracing this opportunity. I see it as a privilege uh, and even partly an obligation. And uh, that's in part informed by our commitment to a life of Torah and mitzvot and that recognizing that we have an opportunity and obligation to really put everybody as much as we can into our umbrella. Um, and it also comes from a very utilitarian place because, as I said earlier, it really helps the the high-level value development of both elementary school and the high school. Um, and this has been evolving. I, I think that uh, in the beginning years, there was a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of fear of the unknown, uh, some hesitance about integrating students. And sometimes there are challenges with students who present with uh, different emotional challenges that could create difficulties for mainstream students. Um, but all of us have learned to accept that as an aberration and not as the norm. And when we are dealing with a child who needs to have in more intense remediation, it doesn't reflect negatively on the entire organization of Sane more. To the contrary, it's just seen as an exception. That has really also helped children not make generalizations and not reach right. kind of these conclusions that um, when you see one, you can extrapolate to the greater group. So the type of sensitivity really begins to also go beyond that into an area of acceptance uh, without prejudging. No question about it. If you would... <laughs> If you'd be a fly on the wall at the original board meetings when they proposed including this type of program in the school, not to not putting down anybody, or, or but it, I'm sure there was a very intense discussion about whether this was a good idea or bad idea for the schools. And by Daniel Price, head of school, the Rosenbaum Yeshiva of North Jersey. I like to call these experiences life changing. The kids probably don't get it that as they go through their eight years, uh, you know. Uh, in school, uh, you know, as partners with uh, the Sinai program, that really on a daily basis, you know, drop by drop, it is a life-changing experience. Is that something that you could vouch for when you graduate the eighth graders and realize they've had a different experience than kids have had in other schools? I definitely agree. You know, I had a conversation recently with uh, with Marcy Glixman, who runs runs a program at RYNJ. Uh, she runs the Sinai part of R of RYNJ. And one of the things that she said in the conversation, which I thought was so true, she said that, you know, parents are always looking for in their schools MEDOS programs. They're looking right. for what program can you bring in to to allow the children to run and to, to be raised in a very mental way. Right. She says this is a live MEDOS program. <laughs> that's, that's what the kids walk away with. This would be worth a lot of chesed points, as they say, right? Chesed hours. Chesed hours. Right. Tell you. You, you really <laughs> allow the children to develop and broaden their horizons and allow them to grow in a way where they wouldn't be able to grow in, in this way in other schools. No so we're very, very fortunate. I know Rabbi Rothwax thanked us, but we are very fortunate to be able to have this opportunity. As Rabbi Rubin said, it's a privilege. It's a chiv on, uh, upon us to be able to create this atmosphere. I have to say, also, Nacham, that our sports teams benefit a great deal. <laughs> Some of our more boys and girls are really very gifted athletes. 
Um, they're members of the regular teams. Yes, they're mainstream sports program. Our yeah. wrestling team in the early years, which is now noted as one of the finest wrestling teams in the Metropolitan Yeshiva area. Legendary, Rabbi Legendary. Rubin? Legendary. I am a little biased, no question about it. And perhaps I'm a little losing some objectivity on this issue. Uh, but if not one of the best, the best probably in the entire Metropolitan Yeshiva High School community, uh, we had the benefit of some very strong, powerful, committed, resolute more boys who were on the wrestling team that really gave us a launch. Do you attend the Yeshiva High School wrestling matches? I try to go to as many as I can until I can't look at it anymore. So you're I one of the, does he <laughs> So you're one of the biggest supporters. I am. I, the truth is, we wrestle every day. So we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get protective gear. <laughs> the annual benefit dinner for the Sinai Schools is Sunday night, February the eighth. Go to SinaiDinner.org, two zero one eight three three one one three four. An honor to have all of you here. Great. Thank you, no. Rabbi Rubin. Thank you, thank you, Rabbi Price. Thank you, Rabbi Rothwax. Thank you. All of you can. Continue your amazing work on behalf of the Jewish community. 11 minutes after 8 o'clock. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
p.m. in the a.m. Thanks to our uh, friends from Sinai. Great conversation here on a Thursday morning. Partly cloudy, high temperature of 35. We're at 20 right now with a wind chill of 14. Maury Litwack is with us live via telephone. He's political director at the Orthodox Union. And he has an update for us regarding um, the pre-K, universal pre-K program as introduced and implemented by the mayor of the city of New York, Bill de Blasio, and uh, what it is or is not doing for Jewish families in New York. Maury Litwack, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, we, we, we were very excited about this campaign, and it's really taken off uh, extremely quickly, and people have been very receptive to it. Uh, let, let me phrase it as following, which is that uh, when we when I go and I travel around the country and I travel city to city, especially in, in the boroughs, and I travel in, throughout New Jersey, people always ask me and they say, when you're working on government aid for Jewish education, what can you do for me? How can you help me? And pre-K is an example of that. Historically, there's been some some uh, funding uh, for part-time pre-K in New York City. In Florida and Maryland, they get some pre-K funding. What pre-K funding means is that parents who are sending their kids to pre-K, four-year-old education, the state invests in that. And the state says, we want to invest in that. We want to help you out with that. Either pay for part of it. We want to pay for the full amount of it. And in within the Jewish state school system. So if you're in a school and you're a four-year-old nursery, you can actually receive this funding, and it helps you out. And it's significantly helpful both to the yeshivas, it's significantly helpful to the parents, because it's significantly helpful because uh, this is our earliest entry point for parents who are, who are just getting started working, just getting started with their families, and now they can essentially either have free pre-K or heavily subsidized pre-K, and it obviously helps all of our schools. Right. Now, Mayor, Mayor de Blasio last year, uh, we were so excited, because last year he, he lobbied and he took $300 million from Albany advocating for pre-K. And he said to our community, and he said to the Catholics, and he said to every community, you will be part of this program. And he said he can't possibly make pre-K universal if it's not for for all these communities getting together and, and working together and uh, receiving this funding. And we were excited, and we lobbied with him in Albany, and we said this is what we want, this is how we're going to take advantage of this and get, you know, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a parent uh, for this funding. And, um, you know, year one came by and came in, and the program regulations were just restrictive, and we were unable to take advantage of it. Uh, the, the original program required about five hours of instruction, and Mayor de Blasio required six hours and 20 minutes of, of instruction. Now, you know that you can't possibly, uh, a, a four-year-old can't possibly go from 9 a.m. to 3.20 in p.m. and also get... A, a Jewish... Ah, uh, okay. Now, now I'm beginning to understand it. Okay, now I'm beginning to understand it. In other words, in the standard public school environment, that timing would work out fine. The problem is that in a yeshiva environment, or I would assume any private school or private religious school environment, the timing would not be able to add up to those numbers. Yeah, exactly. And and and, and this is something that, again, when we were working on the program, both in Albany and with the mayor... We were assured that we'd be part of this program because how could we not be part of this program? Now, a lot of people don't know this, but the Jewish, the Jewish day school community is now the largest non-public school provider in New York City. We exceed the Catholics. Right. We, are the, we are the largest. So you can't get to universal pre-K, that, that idea of universal, without us. It's okay, so, so, so when he made the commitment that the Jewish community and other private communities would be included, was he not thinking of this regulation? What, did he assume that, that they'd work their way around it? Like, what was the intention of City Hall at that, at that point? Well, 
there, there was in the past a part-time universal pre-K program, which some yeshivas received, some of our kids received, probably about 20% of our kids were receiving, which was uh, for two hours and 30 minutes of instruction, and they got about uh, somewhere about $3,000 a kid. And so we were aware that there was a part-time program that was working very well for some of our parents. And, and then we were excited about the five-hour program. Now, when he rolled out the six-hour and 20-minute program, we were obviously uh, aired our concerns. Uh. But we were told, as a typical fashion, everyone knows when you deal with the government, we were told, <laughs> okay, they're, we're going to work on it, we're going to figure it out, we're going to work on it. Now, yeah. we're, we're going into year two, Nahum. February is coming. Our parents and our schools have to provide. Right. We can't wait around for We can't wait around and wait around. Okay. Uh, you know, it doesn't work. Okay, so M- Maury Litwack is with us, political director of the OU. So ca- can you now say, uh, you know, w- with complete faith, that since universal pre-K has been introduced by the mayor of the city of New York, the in fact, the Jewish community, schools, families, etc., have not benefited one penny from it? The, well, this is, well, it's not, it's, it, I can't say one penny. I'll say this. We, we estimate that it's about uh, 11% of the, Jew- the eligible Jewish day school kids are receiving money from the full-day pre-K. And the mayor's office doesn't deny that. And so you're talking about 89% of our kids are not in this in this signature program of Mayor de Blasio. And that's a huge number of kids. You're talking about thousands of kids. So it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not zero, but 11%. Right. That's not great. Understood. What do we do? What's the call to action if someone's a New York City resident? Well, you can go to OU.org, and there's a banner on there which, which you can click on, which, which tells the mayor... Uh, that enough is enough, and that he he has to respond to this and include our kids. And it, we really encourage you because you know, I, I have to say that to your listeners, in the past when we've been on the on the program and we called called encouraged them to reach out to elected officials, they've always been responsive and great. But this one, we really really encourage you to to go and take three seconds and click on the form, fill it out, tell the mayor it's very, it's simple, uh, it's already in there, and tell the mayor to include our kids. Because if you don't do that, I mean, we speak to politicians, and sometimes politicians, you know, look at us and say, well, we don't believe you. We don't think your community cares about this. And so this is an opportunity to prove to the mayor de Blasio that our community cares about this and that he, he needs to include our kids, and if he doesn't include our kids, it's impossible for this program to truly be called universal pre-K. And it may be overstating the obvious, but again, it's only New York City residents who could do this, correct? Right, and I'll say this as following. is I actually spoke to somebody from the five pound yesterday and I spoke to someone from Jersey a couple days ago about this and I think that the the reason why this is important for the entire community is is because when you have if we're able to score a success with this and we're able to include it, it sets precedent. And we want right. to bring that we want to bring more funding outside of the city. There's not enough funding. Right. We'd love to bring this type of program to New Jersey as well. And so you know you we, we obviously don't think just don't think that just because it's not you it's not important that you tell people you know who are in the city and who can can contact the mayor and this contact the mayor because it can have an impact on you as well. Understood, Maury. Great job. OU.org has all the information. We encourage New York City residents uh, to, in fact, make this collective statement to the mayor of New York as soon as possible. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Maury Litwack here at JM and the AM. Coming up next, he's a Grammy Award winner. He has been at some of the most amazing concert venues on planet Earth. And yet the highlight of his career might be this coming Sunday. C. Landsbaum is waiting in the wings at JM in the AM. <laughs> ¶¶ 
Best of Kalbach, Chabad, and Breslov. They are amazing. The cross-the-board appeal of Soul Farm was demonstrated when they were in this studio for an incredible live performance a few weeks back. I believe it was the most, the largest number of comments we ever had on our app, on our NSN app during a live performance. Everybody of uh, every background. Love Soul Farm. It's one of the reasons that uh, they were asked, and I'm so glad they uh, agreed, to uh, be the centerpiece, the stars of the 2015 Kosher Halftime Show, which according to our website, by the way, if you're looking at the counter, is three days, 11 hours, and 33 minutes away. It goes, <laughs> it becomes available to the public this coming Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
And as we said, uh, Soul Farm is the centerpiece of the entire thing. I wonder what they'll play. I wonder what they'll present. I wonder which songs they'll... Will they include a Kalbach selection? Will they include some new uh, tunes? Who knows? Who knows what Soul Farm will do this Sunday night? But we could certainly try to press them for information, and that's why C. Landsbaum is with us. C. Landsbaum, of course, lead vocalist, uh, one of the vocalists uh, and the lead guitarist. I don't know. I'd have to ask him what his official title is. Uh, Soul Farm with us live via telephone here at JMNAMC. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much. Would lead vocalist, lead guitarist be accurate, or am I uh, insulting somebody else by saying that? I usually, we call Noah the lead vocalist because he does about probably 90% of the lead vocals. <laughs> well, in, a, all right, in that case, he deserves it. <laughs> yes. I'll, I, I go as lead guitar player. I'll, I'll take that. There we I go. I try with my vocals, but I can't keep up with him. So uh, I mentioned earlier, and this is no joke, and anybody who paid careful attention when you guys were in know that this is 100% true, you have played some of the most remarkable venues in the entire world. I mean, you've been obviously, you know, everywhere in New York City, all across the country. You've done some of the most uh, prominent um, uh, performances in Europe. Uh, you have recordings from some of the most uh, incredible places. I mean, you've literally traveled the world. And yet, and yet the highlight, the apex, if you will, of, of your career with Soul Farm happens this coming Sunday night when the kosher halftime show is being presented around the world. Nothing compares to this, right, Sea Landsbaum? I've waited all my life for this moment, and I cannot believe that it, it has finally come to fruition. But, uh, yes, this Sunday at 8 p.m., the Nahum Siegel Kosher Halftime Show, we will be there. You know, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, th th this is the, um, the, the alternate, this is the alternate the offering compared to the regular halftime show. But look, with all the diverse uh, music and groups and the amazing repertoire you've had over the years, you have always had this incredible ability, you and the group, to project this the the spiritual and the you know the the really the freiluch the heartsick everything that you'd expect that's why by the way I think the Kalbach Kabad Breslov offering that you guys released is so amazing you've always been able to transmit this I mean you've actually gone ahead and have played Kalbach tunes in environments where people have never heard of Shlomo Kalbach and completely turned them on spiritually yeah well you know that's a testament to to his music it's it's pretty incredible like especially when I started my career and we would play some of his melodies in, you know, some of the places where most people would not step into <laughs> a lot of bars across the country. <laughs> and it, it, it just uplifted everybody. And even many times when um, some of our musicians in our band were, were not Jewish, it happens to be everybody's Jewish at the moment, but when we started out, we were a regular rock band, and we'd play some of Shlomo's melodies, they would always ask to continue to play those melodies. There's something ex extremely deep and enriching, and right now I'm actually um, learning some more of his melodies, and there's something that's just, I look at it, it's like, you know, healing my soul, you know, it's whenever I, I play his music, and that's what it's about. Like it's magical, Sea Landsbaum is with us, and by the way, extend that even further, because, I mean, you talk about, you know, unlikely places around the U.S., and clubs, etc., but, but you've been to countries where, where you know, generations ago, and not too many generations ago, they never would have considered playing a Jewish music selection, and you've rocked the place with with selections like that. Yes, one of the, one of the main things besides the 
the kosher halftime show, which <laughs> is probably, you know, the pinnacle of my career, um, was like in Germany. We've been there a few times, and um, that was a pretty amazing experience, especially because both of my parents were Holocaust survivors. Oh. I lost my grandfather. You know, the story goes on, and, and sadly, the, we need to, like, bring some beautiful energy down for the world as we speak. But uh, um, being there was probably one of the uh, amazing experiences of my life, playing um, Jewish music and our, our kind of music for these people. And I know we've had this discussion before, but uh, for you it was like an out-of-body experience. Like it was, it was just surreal that you, you couldn't believe that you were standing there on that ground and performing that song in a place again where... You know, like you just said, you know, your uh, uh, your your grandparents would not have been welcome, and, and obviously, you know, a lot worse than that. Yes, exactly. Unbelievable. All right, uh, let's talk about Sunday. You and Noah, I guess, uh, uh, you know, g- gathered together at some point this week to try to figure out what you're going to do. You know, you know, kosher halftime shows are not long. See, this is not a you know a thirty to sixty minute uh, set of music. We're talking about a couple of songs and then back to the game. So, how are you guys deciding what to actually present this coming Sunday? Well, one, we couldn't leave out, a, obviously, a Carl Box song, so we have to include a Carl Box song. Okay. Because that's, he kind of brought us to where we're at. Then um, we're kind of, we, we're debuting a new song. We, we've taken um, and we've redone an old classic, um, Shalom Lach Eretz Ooh, that's the one you did here in studio. Yes, we were practicing in the studio. Oh, that was great. Yes, but this will be with the full band, and and it's also while it's debuting the song live on the Kosher halftime show, it, we will also be releasing it simultaneously on iTunes so people can purchase it as well. Nice. Yep. Looking and, forward to that. So that's that one. This is I'm, I'm giving you over the menu. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then obviously we'll we'll throw in a surprise there, but we probably have to throw in one of our big original hits all right so here's the way it sounds to me here's the way it sounds to me it sounds like there's going to be a kalbach selection and it sounds that way because you just told me that it's going to be a kalbach a classic kalbach selection people might throw in a curve there yes but go ahead yes people 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 could argue the entire shabbos which one you're going to be doing but there'll be there'll be one kalbach selection then shalom lach eretz nederet which you sang here did in a live JMN performance, and as you just said, is going to go live on iTunes on Sunday night. So, yes. and that's with the full band, etc. Obviously, I mean, the full band is going to be doing it both for the show, and obviously, the recording uh, has been done with the full band. And then, uh, what sounds to me like some type of Soul Farm classic, like anybody who's a real devotee of Soul Farm, it'll be one of the the natural selections that you think you know you guys would be performing in a, in a big show. Exactly. That's what it sounds like to yes. me. <laughs> we you could you'll only find out when you watch it. Right. And like anybody out there who uh, performs at any of these big venues and uh, you know and uh, you know halftime shows, uh, there's only room for, you know, for a certain amount of music. So there may be some disappointed fans cuz he can't play them all, see. It would be impossible for you guys to take your usual 2-3 hour show and condense it into a couple of songs, if you know what I mean. Well, they'll have to wait till the next time we come in and uh, visit you and play live again. I'm ready for that. Uh, rumors have it, by the way, listen to this one. Rumors that because you know how it is, we've got moles everywhere when it comes to Jewish music. Rumor has it there might be an outrageous guitar solo during the halftime show on Sunday night. Um, yes, uh, <laughs> I'm practicing as we speak. <laughs> 
And by, uh, by outrageous, I mean that when the guitar solo starts, you have no idea what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen next. Yes. Well, that's, I don't either, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> How many times has that happened to you on stage? The guitar solo starts and you have no clue where this is heading. Probably every time. <laughs> By the way, how did it go? The big, um, I think when you were here, we were talking about the December 24th show. Was that the one we were talking about? Was that yes, the- that, that was incredible. We sold out Highline Ballroom, and wow. so it was a beautiful experience, and we're very thankful. And we're actually now gearing up for our Purim show, which is going to be at the Karbach Synagogue with, uh, uh, for Purim night. So we, we always go from, from Hanukkah time to Purim time. Meaning literally that Wednesday night when Purim starts? Yes. Wow. And that's in the Kalbach Shul itself? Yes, we're going to play in the Kalbach Shul itself. There's not a lot of room there. It's probably going to be wall to wall. It's going to be wall to wall, so you better go over there this Shabbos and stay. Yeah, you could say <laughs> that again. Start start to planting yourselves down there, folks, because if you want to make sure to have a seat at that concert uh, on Purim night, you're going to have to do that. You have to go there in advance. This coming Sunday, the Kosher Halftime Show. By the way, we should thank everybody. Give I mean, Noah, obviously we know he travels with you whenever you visit JMAM. Give us the names of the uh, of all the band members that will be part of Soul Farm on Sunday night. Okay, we'll be having our bass player, Mitch Friedman, who also sings, and our drummer, Ben Antelis, who also sings as well, and... That's the four of us with Noah Solomon, and, and there you have what it. we've been doing. See Landsbaum. It's going to be a great kosher halftime show. Everybody tune in. It'll be on our website, NahumSiegel.com, starting 8 p.m. this coming Sunday night. We're counting down. It's all over social media. Uh, the counter is up on our website, and we'll keep talking about it, obviously. See, uh, it's a uh, it's an absolute delight. Great working with you. Wonderful that you accepted this offer. Our best to the entire band, and I cannot wait for Sunday evening. It's going to be something extra special. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure, and thank you for everything that you do for all the artists, musicians, and people around the globe. Thank you. I appreciate that. See Landsbaum, everybody, the Grammy Award winner. There he is. Sounded a little nervous, like any artist would be before the Kosher Halftime Show, knowing the international impact that this show is going to have. Here's Soul Farm at JM in the AM.
Sorry about that. Soul Farm, the uh, Abe Neymark, friends of the Abe Neymark Foundation are going to uh, be presenting the Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday night. A big thank you to everybody who's a part of it, including all the wonderful sponsors. And uh, that goes live Sunday night, as the clock says on the uh, countdown. Where is that clock? Here we go. Three days, 11 hours, 17 minutes to the Kosher Halftime Show on Sunday night. Looking forward to it. Big day today on our stream at jmandtheam.org. We have a lot of great material on our stream today. Here at the jmandtheam.org. Let me give you an example. Coming up at 9 o'clock, 17 minutes from now, Charlie Harari. The Boardroom with Charlie Harari, with all his segments, How to Focus, Our Need to Control, How to Ask Better Questions, the third part of their five-part series on innovation, and In the News with Mikey Davis. It's all happening with Charlie Harari between 9 and 10 this morning. 10 o'clock, it's Allison Joseph's Jew in the City Speaks, two great guests. Tsipora Gelman, a Rebbitson and Zumba instructor, and Shosh Passerai, a from female animation student at FIT. That's happening between 10 and 10.30. And Miriam L. Wallach with Binny Dax, Operations Director of B'nai Akiva of U.S. and Canada, uh, discussing Vote Torah and how getting out the vote means something totally different this time around. And then switching gears, Binny will talk about the Amuna Comedy event this coming Saturday night in the Five Towns starring Joel Chasnoff. All that and more, plus the kosher halftime preview between 10.30 and 11 with Miriam L. Wallach on our stream at jmandtheam.org. I thought that event was coming up on the, on the 7th of February. Am I wrong about that? Let's see. Let's see. Amuna, Saturday night, February the 7th, Joel Chasnoff. So that's happening a week 
from Saturday night out on Long Island. Quarter before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning in. Again, great material all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org, including what's new in the world of Judaica, which we're going to do with Shlomi Eichler at 12 noon Eastern time. So make sure to be tuned in at jmtheam.org all through the day. If you are, you'll be very happy. Oh, trust me. You'll be very glad. Great material to listen into and to be part of. Plus, we'll try to do some more of the Kosher Halftime Show preview. And obviously more about that tomorrow morning. We know what happened in Israel. Two soldiers being laid to rest as we speak. After yesterday's Hezbollah attack near Harchemron. Harchemron, rather. Uh, news of the day and of the week will be discussed tomorrow morning. 7.40 in the morning, Malcolm Holmline will join us for the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in. Tell your friends and relatives around the world to tune in via the NSN app. Best way to listen in to everything we have to discuss. Tomorrow morning, weekly update, 7.40, right here at JM in the AM.
The unbelievable Sherwood Goffin with that Duchen medley from his CD entitled uh, Favorite Synagogue Nigunim here at JM in the AM. Uh, Benny Friedman with Bum Bum. You heard Avram Willig with Droshna off of the Levavo CD. Wrapping up a Thursday. Remember, we have incredible programming on our stream, as I outlined a few minutes ago, all day long at jmnam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. We'll close out with this brand new one from Ellie Marcus at JM in the AM. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world on the web, jmandtheam.org. Congratulations to the YU Max. They won again last night. Pretty amazing. Home game this coming Saturday night. We highly recommend it. Great family entertainment. And um, the players, wonderful representatives of our community. Check it out up at the YU campus this coming Saturday night. And Sunday is the YU's farm sale. 
It all begins this coming Sunday. The YU's Farm Sale this coming Sunday. Uh, on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org, incredible programming, including Charlie Harari, who's next. Make sure you have the NSN app. Tomorrow morning at 7.40, Malcolm Holmline will join us. We'll talk about the events of this week, just over three days away from the Kosher Halftime Show starring Soul Farm. My thanks to C. Landsbaum for joining us earlier. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.